Salafalava and welcome to this edition of Pacific Geopolitics. Uh, tonight, I have the pleasure of interviewing Judge Vui Clarence Nelson. He was part of a group of judges that made a historic ruling on the harmful effects of climate change on children's rights in Geneva. The Child's Rights Committee has found that a state party can be held responsible for the negative impacts of its carbon emissions on the rights of children both within and outside its territory. Now, the reason why Samoa is involved in this is because Vui was part of the, the committee uh, that made that decision and that ruling. So it's a really exciting uh, aspect for Samoa and international law. Uh, so Judge Vui is, uh, as you know, Justice of the Supreme Court of Samoa. Is a judge of the Lands and Titles Courts, and he was the national coordinator of the of Samoa for the Pacific Judicial Development Program. He uh, his educational background um, includes uh, Saint Joseph's College in Samoa. Uh, he received his Bachelor of Laws from University of Canterbury in Christchurch. He was a youth justice. Uh, participated in the youth justice training in Suva, Fiji. He's a certified national and regional trainer for the Pacific Judicial Development Program and has been very active uh, in Pacific Island Lawyers Human Rights Network um, and is a mentor for Samoa Victim Support Group. He has been an advocate for children's rights and protection of young victims of sexual violence. He served five years as member of the South Pacific Council for Youth and Children's Courts and was involved in the creation and setup of Olua Manuju Juvenile Facility, a minimum security facility specifically designed for the housing of juvenile offenders. Uh, so thank you so much, Bui, for joining me this evening and congratulations on your reappointment to the CRC. Uh, and also to the recent ruling. This is a, it's a great thing for Samoa, but also a great thing for children um, and indeed the international law of governing the issues related to climate change. But we're conducting our interview in English. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with me about this amazing accomplishment um, and ruling by the Convention on the Committee on the Convention on the Rights of the Child, uh, which is historical in nature. And for me, I'm really, really excited uh, that you're a part of it. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Cheryl. I am very pleased to be here and very pleased to be speaking with you. Thank you. Um, so tell me, so a lot of people who watch the show may not necessarily know what CRC stands for and its work. Can you um, just walk us through what CRC is? Okay, well, the Convention on the Rights of a Child is an international convention uh, that has been signed by every country in the world, except where you're living at the moment in the United States of America. They are the only country in the world that has not uh, signed or ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child, but all the other 196 odd countries in the world have signed this convention. And what this convention does is the convention uh, 
contains a number of rights of children. And when, when countries sign up or ratify the convention, it means they agree that the children of their country are going to enjoy the rights that are in this convention. And it means that they are going to protect the rights that are in the convention. And it means that they are going to pay particular attention to the needs of children in their country. So, you know, when you consider that in many countries, children make up a large part of the population of a country, it's a very important uh, convention. And when countries sign up to this convention and ratify the convention, they are taking on board quite a huge obligation. And, and uh, as I said, many, many of the countries, of all the countries in the world have done this, uh, ex except for one, except the United States. And you know, we're working on trying to persuade the United States to sign because it is one of the uh, leading nations of, of the planet, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and attached to the convention, uh, and the, you know, it's, it, I, I, I think it would take too long to go through the whole convention bit by bit, but the, the main parts for our purposes is one of the rights in the convention is the right to health, which is in Article 24 of the convention. And what it says is that uh, countries agree that they recognize that, that a child has the right to, and I'll quote from the actual document, to the highest attainable standard of health. Uh, so, and, and that's, we call that the right to health. And it's a right that is very actively used and, and promoted in, in many areas. I mean, vaccinations is a current, is a current topic on this particular right, the right to health, to children have a right to be vaccinated against COVID-19 and things like that. So it's a very practical and a very important right uh, that's given by the convention. And that right has also been extended to include uh, the right to a, a, a healthy environment. In other words, the right to health of of a child includes him or her being able to live in a sustainable and a good pollution-free environment. And this right to health is what underpins the whole uh, approach of the committee to the issue of climate change. And it's what's used to, to argue that because of this right to health, that therefore children have a right to a healthy environment um, and there is an important part of, of, of the right to health that is often overlooked by people, but it's, it's sub-article four, which says that countries undertake to promote and encourage international cooperation with a view to a, achieving the realization of the right to health. And it specifically refers to in, re, in particular, the needs of developing countries. Now, uh, uh, that part is often overlooked when people talk about the right to health, but it, it, along with the right to health comes this obligation to, in, to, to uh, in, promote and encourage international measures that will support the right of health and that will make sure that the right to health is 
they're enjoyed by every child, in particular, those in developing countries. Now, we're both from the Pacific. We know how important that particular part is and how relevant that particular part is to all countries of our, of our region. Um, so that, that, that in, in a nutshell, is the convention. And our role as the Committee of the Rights of the Child is our role is we are the policemen of the convention. We make sure that countries comply with what they've signed up to, to do. And uh, we do that by a process where countries come to us uh, every few years and they report. They file a report saying we've done this and we've done that uh, in relation to education, in relation to health, in relation to non-discrimination, birth registration. It, it's, it's a whole, it's a very large process. And they file a report with our committee. What the committee does is we review the report. Then we have a dialogue with the country. The country actually physically comes to Geneva where the committee sits. And we have a dialogue and we examine them and talk to them about what's in the report. Uh, and when we finish that process, we then issue to the country uh, recommendations. Uh, we call them concluding observations. It's a fancy word for recommendations. And it, it's, it's, it, it's what we say to the country, well, yes, we know you've done this and that and that, but you should think about doing this as well. And how about this? Have, have you done this? Have you thought? And, and those are the recommendations we give them. And that's how the committee monitors and and tries to make sure that countries uh, are abiding by their convention obligations. So, as I say, we're like the policemen of the uh, Convention on the Rights of the Child. I think that's a nice, uh, nice way of uh, simplifying uh, the enormous role that you that you play um, at the CRC or the Committee on the Rights of the Child. Now, I'm just going to take a step back. Uh, the role that you have right now is a member of the committee. And can you tell us how many committee members there are? There are 18 committee members. I'm one of the 18. And we come from all over the world. Um, we have members from Africa. We have members from Europe. We have member, a member from Iceland. We have members from Latin America. We have a member from the Caribbean. Uh, and we have members from Asia Pacific. And I'm the Pacific member, uh, as well as uh, members from Asia. And our current chair is, in fact, uh, a Japanese lady from Japan. So it's a very diverse, diverse. group of people mm. all over the world. And, and they all bring their own perspective to the committee. Mm -hmm. and I, I'm humbled and privileged to, to, to sit together with these people because these, these are leading experts in children's rights and they are very knowledgeable people uh, and very dedicated and, and very hardworking, committed people mm. to, the, to upholding children's rights. So it is certainly a privilege to be working with them. Well, um, and I, I, this is two years delayed, but congratulations on your re-election back in 2019. Now, I think for, for everyone who is watching, um, 
this is actually quite historical for Samoa to have a Samoan judge be a part of this committee. It's a coveted position. Um, it takes a lot of experience and credibility for a judge to even be considered and nominated. And in order for judges to be elected to the committee, um, the countries, member countries of the UN have to vote. And uh, unsurprisingly, as Vui is um, well regarded in Samoa and the Pacific um, and now has quite an, an international reputation, uh, Vui, I know that you received uh, the second highest number of votes um, in the 2019 re-election, which I've been in many negotiations and covered many of these voting um, procedures. That is an absolutely amazing thing to accomplish because it takes really, you know, it, it takes you as a person to actually get the trust of these country representatives and then Samoa and, and to their credit, Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the UN mission, um, you know, did a tremendous amount of work to get to lobby and to get the, the votes that, that you received. So I just wanted to kind of let everyone know that this is quite a huge accomplishment for Samoa because we're a small <laughs> member and small player in the UN, yet we now have, we're now two years in a row, right, boy? You're now, I'm sorry, yes. two terms in a row. Terms in a row, yeah. You have been reelected. So I, I, I felt I needed to share that. <laughs> so how has it been for you as a Pacific Islander, as a Samoa judge, to be sitting in that position? Well, I, I bring uh, a Pacific perspective that would otherwise not be there. Uh, and, you know, these people are from all over the world. But that doesn't mean that they are familiar with every part of this, of this planet. This is a very big world with a very diverse ethnic uh, makeup and population. And uh, if, if I were there, there would be no sort of Pacific perspective to the, the way we do things. And, uh, and that's the value that each of us brings to the table. We bring our own personal uh, lifetime experiences as well as our commitment to children's rights. We bring what we are and who we are to the table. So I think that, that, that is important. And I'll tell you this, Shira, I may be the first, but I'm not going to be the last. I sure hope so. I, I hope that there's more to come um, and that this is merely the beginning. So I, I agree with you. Hopefully you won't be the last. Now, the reason why we are having this conversation is because I saw on social media that you were heading to Europe. And then I shortly thereafter, I, I received the press release by the um, United Nations Human Rights Office of the High Commissioner or OCHA as we refer to it. And apparently, um, for our, our, our uh, audience tonight, the committee that Bui sits on um, made a historic ruling on the harmful effects of climate change on children's rights uh, and found that a state party can be held responsible for the negative impact of the carbon emissions on the rights of children, both within and outside its territory. Now, the reason why I've asked 
Bowie uh, today is so that he can share with us the process uh, and the significance of this particular ruling, especially for the people of the Pacific. So Bowie, do you mind, um, first of all, yeah. just sharing with us how this played out when you were in Geneva? All right. Well, firstly, let me just explain how this ruling comes about. Um, the, the convention has uh, attached to the convention uh, three what we call optional protocols. There are, these are separate documents. One document is about uh, sale, prostitution, and pornography of, uh, and how it affects children. One document is uh, about the uh, children in armed conflict and how wars and things like that affect the children's rights. And the third document, the newest document, is a complaint mechanism, which is called the Optional Protocol on a Communications Procedure. And what it is, is that's a fancy word for a complaint mechanism where individual children, any child, anywhere in the world, can bring a complaint direct to the committee. He doesn't have to go through a government or an NGO or, uh, or anyone else. He can bring the complaint direct to the committee. And we have literally thousands of, of uh, complaints being brought by children uh, against their, their governments or against other governments in relation to how their rights as children have been violated. Now, that was the mechanism that um, 16 children around the world used to bring the climate change complaint to the committee. Uh, and, and what they did is they brought the complaint against five countries. Now, in order to bring a complaint against a country, the country has to have signed this protocol, this optional protocol. Now, these five countries have. Not every country has signed the protocols. Uh, the convention, yes, everybody signed the convention, but the protocols, uh, not everybody has signed the protocols. Although I am very happy to report that Samoa has signed all three protocols and we're one of the few uh, Pacific nations that has done this and has signed all three of the protocols, which is uh, a, a, an example that should be followed by every Pacific country every country in the world. But this was the, this was the document under which the children brought their complaint to the committee. Now they, they, they had uh, attorneys or lawyers acting for them, yes, uh, but the complaint was actually brought by 16 children uh, from around the globe, including uh, Greta Thunberg, who we all know uh, is one of the primary activists uh, in, in this area. And the, their complaint was was brought on the basis, as you say, they they said um, these five countries are, are well known uh, carbon emission countries, and these carbon emissions are causing damage to not only children in the in their country, in the actual countries, but also to children in other countries. So they they brought their argument to, to the committee saying these five countries have breached our guarantee to a right to health and a healthy environment. And we want the committee to uh, make rulings in respect of our complaint against these five countries. Um, now, that's a simplification of a very complex case. 
but uh, it, it came to the committee. It's been before us for over a year. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been a difficult uh, and very, um, how do you say, it? very complex process to try to unravel because what the children are in effect saying is, I am a child who lives in country A. Country A, because of the carbon emissions that it is putting out, is not only harming me, but it's harming children in country B, country C, country D. So it's asking the committee to tell my government not to harm the children in another country, not only me, but the children in another country. Now you can appreciate how complex that issue can be uh, because the government in country A is saying, well, we have no business in other countries and what happens in other countries, we're only concerned with the children of our country. We're not, we're not obliged to also pay regard to what happens to the children in other countries. And they also say, anyway, we're not the only polluters. Countries the world over are doing it. Why are you picking on us? Uh, what about all these other countries? And everybody is doing much more than we are. We're only a little part of it, you know. Uh, and that, that, that basically, in very basic terms, was, was the, the one of the main defenses that they were running. So the case was very complicated. And, and um, I mean, we, we took a long time in evaluating the case of the children. And we did things that we have never, we have not done before in respect of this complaint, because we recognize uh, the value of this to children. Because every time we talk to children in our committee, uh, the three topics that come up, climate change is guaranteed one of them. So we know it's a concern to all children of the world, and we wanted to give it the attention it, it, it needs because of that importance to children. That's, um, so how, like in terms of, can you actually simplify exactly what the ruling means? So you're saying that it did touch on the impact on health um, of children, yeah. to what degree? Um, well, just, just to uh, fill you in on the process, um, we actually heard, uh, we had a closed session with the children themselves, uh, where there was no lawyers, no, no government representatives, nobody mm -hmm. else, committee and the children. And it was really important to hear individually from them, uh, their concerns. And, and uh, two of these children, one was from the Marshall Islands. Oh, wow. And yes, one is from the Marshall Islands. Uh, he was one of the, the 16 children. And there was one, I think, there was another one from the Pacific region. I just can't recall exactly where at the moment. Um, it might have been uh, FSM. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but there were Pacific children in this in this mm. as well, and it was really uh, important that the committee heard direct 
from them uh, what what kind of harm and damage has been caused to their their ecosystems, their country, uh, their ability to to enjoy uh, education and health and welfare, etc., etc., etc. And after hearing from them, we had what we call oral hearings, but actually it was like a court case. Mm. And all the lawyers, uh, we did it at one country at a time and gave everybody uh, a chance to have their say. So when we had done all that, uh, we then took time to make our, our findings and our, uh, and our decision. And the decision, is, I think you, you will find it, it's publicly announced now. It's, it's on, in many areas, in many forums and in many uh, on the internet. And there is also a version that we specifically did for children of the decision. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you've read it in the, in, amongst the documents you've looked at. Um, and we did that specifically because it's important to us that the children understand uh, the ruling because the ruling deals with a lot of complex um, aspects. Uh, of extraterritorial jurisdiction and reasonable foreseeability of harm and all this sort of stuff. You know, the stuff that us judges like to throw around, like, you know, like everybody understands them, but not everybody understands them. So we wanted to put it in clear and simple terms what our ruling was. So I would recommend that anybody who wants to read and understand the decision Read not only the decision, but also there's a version attached to it uh, that is specifically for the children. Now, coming down to the actual decision, um, in essence, the historic and groundbreaking part of the decision is the committee said to the children, yes, uh, government A can be held responsible for the harm that it has caused to children in country B and country C and country D, provided you can prove that the harm was reasonably foreseeable. And, you know, we're now living in an age where the science tells us that carbon emissions and, and the, the raising of the, of the global temperature is producing all these uh, phenomena. So scientifically, there is that evidence, a mountain of evidence to that effect. So we said, provided the, the, the harm to the, to the children in country B, C, and D um, was, was foreseeable, and provided it can be proved, then yes, you have a case against government A for the harm it causes not only in, in country A, but in other countries. But the problem is, you need to first go to country A and take action there. You need to do what we call exhaust the local remedies in country A. And if that doesn't work out and you don't have a satisfactory result, then you can bring a claim to the committee. But you can't just, because what they did is they didn't do that. They came direct to the committee. They, they, uh, they were, in, they were uh, some children who took 
litigation in some countries. But in respect of this complaint, it was brought uh, at the outset direct to the committee uh, on the basis that they wanted the committee to intervene and to assist them uh, because they, they argued that going through the national processes was uh, complex and in some cases was futile. Uh, what we said to them is, you have a complaint, but first, because of what this protocol says, I mean, we're limited to what the protocol says. And the protocol says, before you can come to the committee, you have to prove you tried everything else at a local level. You've exhausted your domestic remedies. And that's, that's where the, the complaint was ruled uh, inadmissible, is because they hadn't done that. But the door is now open. And this is the historical part. Mm. This door that was not opened before. But this is now a door, in, a door in international law has now been opened by the committee. And we have said, you can do this. You can bring complaints like this to this body. And we will then examine the substance of your complaint. Now that is the historical part about it. And that, I think, is the exciting part about the ruling, uh, notwithstanding the result. And I know, I know children have um, been disappointed with the result. There's, there's no doubt about it. We've seen the Twitter comments and, and uh, the, the statements that made in the media saying that we've abandoned them and that we don't care about the children, which is not correct. It is not. Uh, we, we did, as I said, we are confined to what is in the protocol. And the protocol uh, says that you've got to do this before you come to the committee. Uh, but uh, I, I think the most encouraging part about it is we have opened an international door and that hasn't been done before. So that to me is the triumph. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's really exciting um, to see this type of ruling on climate under a convention um, and with the process that uh, the committee went through. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has not been, as you said, this is the first of its type. It hasn't actually been done in any other body. There's been discussions and there's currently a working group under the ILC, the International Law Commission, to look at the impact of sea level rise on small island states. They're just at the beginning stages of addressing climate change under the ILC. And yet the CRC has now done this. So I think it's, it's a really significant um, step. And I, I think I find it in a very nerdy way, very exciting that you were part of the <laughs> committee because this will be referenced in international law and climate law in years um, to come. So I did see some of the Twitter commentary, but uh, international law has its nuances. So I can totally understand and I'm grateful for the way that you've uh, explained it. So what is the way forward now for children who want to keep pursuing this uh, particular area? Well, I think, uh, firstly, children should not stop doing what they're doing. COPS uh, is coming up. The COPS meeting is coming up. 
there's an opportunity there for for them to to also um, make their voices heard and make their views known uh, and and those sort of things I am sure they will continue to to do in relation to this particular issue they should they should go back and pursue domestic remedies pursue actions in the national courts as I said some of them have done that there have been cases in Germany and uh, Brazil and there are other cases pending before the national courts uh, uh, unfortunately it will take time and there's no there's no going away from that and and you know that's that's one of the criticisms that's being made that you know it, these all these things are going to take time by that time it will be too late well it's never too late it's never too late now uh for for them i think what the commit the, the committee has pointed the way forward that this is what they should do um and if if then they've done that and there is uh, an unsatisfactory resolution, uh, then the door is now open for them to bring their claim back to the committee. But I think, Sherelle, you know, um, the, the, the state of public opinion and world views now in this area, I, I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I see the glass is half full. Uh, and I, I, I think, and I hope that uh, for many reasons that governments will act uh, and live up to the pledges that they've already made in, the, in, in Paris and in other forums and other international um, obligations that they've publicly stated that we are going to undertake. Uh, and hopefully they do that and it will resolve itself, but Having said that, I, I'm also a realist and a pragmatist that uh, it does take time and not everybody is going to come to this party because some of them have taken very firm positions against it. Uh, so I hope the children continue to do what they're doing uh, and, and I'm sure they will. They, I, 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 don't see, I don't see them as giving up and I hope they don't. Hmm. Well, I think that's a, it's a nice way of summarizing, you know, the, the reality of moving forward. So final question, just a human interest question. So was Greta in the room? She, or... was, she was when we did the, um, the hearings. Um, because I'm on the other side of the world and because these hearings were online, Mm -hmm. I every I was unable to attend every hearing. Okay. With the children, with the children from the different countries, uh, so I can't definitively one hundred percent say that um, I heard her speak because I didn't personally. But mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm very certain that she was part of the part of uh, the when the when the committee heard from the children directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I, I, I'm sure that included Greta as well. Uh, she is, um, she's definitely made a huge difference in terms of like considering the issues about children by children. You know, she certainly yes. made a huge uh, difference in that respect.
Um, and I remember you also advocated for two representatives uh, from Samoa to attend one of the CRC. Was it a working group or a regional meeting? Yes. Yes. It was, uh, it was the DGD on the environment. We had a day of general discussion or a special meeting on the environment a few years ago, and I was able to get some funding for uh, a, a girl from Samoa to attend with the help of UNICEF and some other, some other uh, bodies to attend. And I believe that there are also going to be uh, two young children, children from Samoa attending COPS. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be an online attending or whether they're physically mm -hmm. going to be attending. Um, and, and that's great because, you know, uh, it, it, Samoa is no different to the rest of the Pacific. We are all seeing the effects of climate change and how storm, you know, the cyclones. When I grew up, cyclones were rare and they weren't that bad. Now, they're vicious. And they're, they're, they're frequent, you know, it, it, it happens in a generation. Uh, and, and these changes are here. They're not coming. They're here. <laughs> so it's good for the voices, you know, voices from our part of the world to be heard. And as I say, it was great to see of the 16 children, two were from the Pacific. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, Micronesian nations are so progressive in the way that they do like that they do um, involve themselves in international in convention. So I'm not surprised at all that there was a Marshall Island, a Marshallese um, child in there. So Mui, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm really grateful that you took the time to explain what happened. And I want to once again offer my congratulations to you for your role in this historical um, event. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, uh, it was a team. It was a team effort. Uh, a lot of people worked very hard on producing the, the final decision. It wasn't only committee members, but we had research assistants helping us. We had special rapporteurs who were uh, intervening as independent uh, advisors. Uh, we had a very hard-working uh, petitions unit inside the secretariat of the committee. I mean, all these people, they, they worked very hard. What, what we see is the decision of the committee is, you know, the final result of a lot of hard work by a lot of dedicated and committed people. So it was very much a team. I, I'm privileged to uh, and humble that I was sitting in the committee when this decision was made and then I got the opportunity to put in my two cents worth and my little bit of input <laughs> into it too. Uh, because I can look back on that, Samo can look back on it and say, well, we had a part in that. And mm -hmm. but back on that and say, yes, we had a boy there who was, uh, maybe maybe uh, they, they, they might be too kind, but you know, history will judge. <laughs> uh, we were there. Yeah, we were. Well, thank you once again, Boy, um, and have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much, Sherelle. It's a privilege and uh, good luck and uh, 
hope to uh, have a coffee someday in uh, Apia when you're back in town. ไอออฟฟิศสมุลเลฟาวายาสุฟังงานในลอลนาวาวนังโฟวะตะอัวโอลิดาเรคทรานสเฟอร์อาไฟวายาสัมเมมเบอร์ชิพคาร์ดมา